What's with Mountain Dew? Mountain Dew is like a zipline of incredible flavor directly into your brain. Mountain Dew is like getting punched in the mouth with pure neon refreshment that creates a neural explosion sending flavor shards of electric brain pulses into your very core of being. Okay, maybe that's a little over the top, but you get the idea. The fact is, the mind-bending challenge of describing the taste of Mountain Dew is way harder than just experiencing it. That, of course, is easy. Just grab an ice-cold dew, crack it open, and toss them back. Mountain Dew. Do the dew. Hear that? Is that America cheering? Or a sausage patty sizzling to perfection? It's time to cheer for Egg McMuffin and fresh cracked eggs at McDonald's. It's time to wake up to the aroma of freshly baked biscuits and treat yourself to a real honest-to-goodness morning meal. Breakfast, it's on at McDonald's. Now enjoy a large iced coffee for just two bucks and a breakfast sandwich to make a meal. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. Hello. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore. I'm the Deputy Director of Communications at the National Cannabis Industry Association. Today, we're continuing a series of podcasts about this really important policy report called Building New Foundations in the Cannabis Industry. But first, let me introduce my guests. I have three today. The first is Elise Cerberoli, who leads global business development at Streamo, bringing that experience uh, in software and multinational food operations to the cannabis space. She's also a member of NCIA's State Regulatory Committee, focusing on technology compliance, regulatory forces, and informing local governments. My second guest is Deborah Borchardt. She's the co-founder and CEO of the cannabis financial news website, Green Market Report. She left Wall Street to earn a master's degree in business and economic reporting from New York University and embarked on a career as a financial journalist, including as a senior producer and reporter at thestreet.com. Deborah is also a co-founder of the Women's Cannabis Executives Networking Group, Industry Power Women, and serves on the board of the Cannabis Newswire, Access Wire. And my third guest is Christine De La Rosa. She's the co-founder and CEO of The People's Dispensary and spent 20 years as a systems and database architect in tech before coming to cannabis. Christine has her own story and experiences of cannabis as a life-saving wellness medicine, which inspired her to open Benefit Health Collective in 2016, along with her co-founders to help those who most need access to cannabis. And Christine is on NCIA's Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee as well. So today, we're going to talk about this important policy report I mentioned, 
building new foundations in the cannabis industry. Let's check in with our guests, though, to kick off the conversation. Elise, uh, tell us more about you and your background and what's happening at Streamo. Thanks, Bethany. I'm really excited to be here today with my co-authors, Christine and Deb. Um, I lead global business development for Streamo, and Streamo is the leading ERP platform for the cannabis industry. ERP is enterprise resource planning, so we help cannabis businesses, cultivators, processors, distributors um, manage their supply chain more efficiently and profitably, um, which helps them standardize and scale. Um, So from a software perspective, I'm very excited about the legal cannabis space. It's a very complex and dynamic supply chain um, from agriculture to manufacturing and retail. And that's all under a very strict and changing regulatory framework. So we are very excited at Streamo to provide that technology um, to businesses of all sizes to really capture and report their operational and financial data. Awesome. Thanks, Elise. Uh, And Christine, your turn. Tell us about what's happening at the People's Dispensary also. Well, thank you. There's so much happening at the People's Dispensary. I'm super excited about it. Um, We are currently working at bringing our first product lines to market in six different states. Um, We are in the process of our application in Fresno. Our Fresno team uh, just won the Ease Momentum Grant Award, so really great for them. Um, Our Portland store is still going strong, and I'm super excited about the fact that we may get to federal legalization sometime soon. So I'm sure everybody in the cannabis industry is super excited about it, but that's what's going on for us. Awesome. Great. Yeah, we're definitely looking at uh, this new Congress and what's what's ahead of us. Uh, but Deborah, um, thanks for being on the show today. Tell us more about what's happening in your world. So it's gotten to be very busy. Uh, one, on the news side, there are a lot of huge deals happening, a lot of big M&A going on. So things are really cranking back up in cannabis fundraising. So that's been uh, a lot of fun to talk about. Of course, all the companies are delivering their earnings. So we're getting to see some real hard numbers as to who's doing well and who's not doing so well. Uh, We are hosting our first virtual event of 2021 next week. It's called the State of Cannabis Banking. And we're following the money from like physical delivery of cash all the way to the end where the customer is paying for their product. So we're excited about that. It's February 24th at 2 p.m. Eastern. You can go on our website and uh, pick up the link for that. We'd love for you to register. Awesome, great. Thanks for sharing that, Deborah. Um, Let's talk about the reason we're here today on this episode. The newly released Gender Parity Report is a partner effort between National Cannabis Industry Association and the ArcView Group, um, which put together this amazing group of individuals across various companies and organizations who we're going to get to know some of them and speak with across this series of about four podcasts, unpacking the various sections of this collection of research on gender parity. Um, Elise, would you like to speak to the overall goals of this paper, which, you know, was this amazing effort and labor amongst so many, so many individuals for, for several weeks or a couple months, actually, is that right? 
Yeah, um, it it took a few months. We started back in May uh, 2020, and we all know that 2020 was quite the challenging year uh, for many can reasons. We throw that year away? <laughs> can, we, can we start over? Okay. <laughs> and um, so Deb, Christine, and I. Uh, we were able to navigate that year little by little and little by little put together this paper where I would say, so to contextualize it a little bit, we're looking at gender parity in the, in all of these papers. And so specifically in our paper, looking at equity ownership through a lens of gender parity Um, and there's a real need in cannabis to get more, get more data out there, but to give you a little bit of an idea of the the type of research that we were including in this paper, um, according to a CARTA study in 2018, for example, out of 15,000 founders, they found that women, female founders own on average 48 cents to every dollar that male founders own. Um, And so this paper really is attempting to expand the minds of readers of how we can um, all create opportunities for equity. Um, And I would break that into kind of two main audiences. On the one hand, people in position of power to extend those opportunities. So business owners, business executives, investors, and board members um, who are at those tables deciding how to split up equity, right? And then on the other side of that, women and female founders um, who are thinking of starting their own businesses, we wanted to lay out some tools and some lessons learned um, on on things that they should be thinking about as they get started in cannabis. And I just wanna give a special thanks to our collaborators, um, Shanita Penny and Khadija Adams. They were um, wonderful in sharing their professional journeys with us. That's great, thank you. Um, Deborah or Christine, we've got just a minute or two here before our first commercial break. I wonder if you wanted to add anything uh, about your experience working on this paper or what you hope to achieve uh, with with getting it out into the world. Sure. I really enjoyed working on the paper, just meeting a lot of women that I did not already know and just getting to spend time with some of the women that I did know. And I think ultimately with our paper, we're focused on the idea that having ownership equals power. And that is something that's really clear to us when we were, when we researched this paper was how unequal that ownership level was and how that ultimately trickles down and affects the power uh, formula as well. Absolutely. Thanks for sharing that. Well, as we head into our first commercial break, I am inspired personally to share an anecdote from my own professional history. Um, In the early to mid 2000s, I worked in an office setting with lots of amazing people, very diverse workforce actually, because we were dealing with foreign languages. And I had a great boss, um, a white male, middle-aged. He was actually very good about supporting the women on his team and promoting them and giving them opportunities to shine. But I do remember this one day, um, my one of my colleagues who was uh, above me, a, a d- director, made a joke about college classes and women's business classes and things like that. 
and my supervisor, we'll call him Doug, said, women's business? What about a men's business class? And we all had a hearty chuckle. And then my, my female director friend said, Doug, I think that's called regular business. Anyway, so that was 15, 16, 17 years ago. And we're, although that's kind of funny, I think it's kind of telling and the reason we're talking. Awesome, thank you that. Thank you for that, Elise. And thanks to Christine and Kelly as well. Really appreciate this. I encourage our listeners to head to either NCIA's website or in fact, go to arcviewgroup.com slash NCIA. And that is a link where you can go begin to download the papers, toolkits, and learn more um, about these white papers as well. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet take-anywhere treat. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA free and lead free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. Hello, thanks for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore. I'm the Deputy Director of Communications at the National Cannabis Industry Association. Today, we're continuing a series of podcasts about this really important policy report called Building New Foundations in the Cannabis Industry. But first, let me introduce my guests. I have three today. The first is Elise Cerberoli, who leads global business development at Streamo, bringing that experience uh, in software and multinational food operations to the cannabis space. She's also a member of NCIA's State Regulatory Committee, focusing on technology compliance, regulatory forces, and informing local governments. My second guest is Deborah Borchardt. She's the co-founder and CEO of the cannabis financial news website, Green Market Report. 
She left Wall Street to earn a master's degree in business and economic reporting from New York University and embarked on a career as a financial journalist, including as a senior producer and reporter at thestreet.com. Deborah is also a co-founder of the Women's Cannabis Executives Networking Group, Industry Power Women, and serves on the board of the cannabis newswire, Access Wire. And my third guest is Christine De La Rosa. She's the co-founder and CEO of The People's Dispensary and spent 20 years as a systems and database architect in tech before coming to cannabis. Christine has her own story and experiences of cannabis as a life-saving wellness medicine, which inspired her to open Benefit Health Collective in 2016, along with her co-founders to help those who most need access to cannabis. And Christine is on NCIA's Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee as well. So today, we're going to talk about this important policy report I mentioned, building new foundations in the cannabis industry. Let's check in with our guests, though, to kick off the conversation. Elise, uh, tell us more about you and your background and what's happening at Streamo. Thanks, Bethany. I'm really excited to be here today with my co-authors, Christine and Deb. Um, I lead global business development for Streamo, and Streamo is the leading ERP platform for the cannabis industry. ERP is enterprise resource planning, so we help cannabis businesses, cultivators, processors, distributors um, manage their supply chain more efficiently and profitably, um, which helps them standardize and scale. Um, so from a software perspective, I'm very excited about the legal cannabis space. It's a very complex and dynamic supply chain um, from agriculture to manufacturing and retail. And that's all under a very strict and changing regulatory framework. So we are very excited at Streamo to provide that technology um, to businesses of all sizes to really capture and report their operational and financial data. Awesome. Thanks, Elise. Uh, and Christine, your turn. Tell us about what's happening at the People's Dispensary also. Well, thank you. There's so much happening at the People's Dispensary. I'm super excited about it. Um, we are currently working at bringing our first product lines to market in six different states. Um, we are in the process of our application in Fresno. Our Fresno team uh, just won the Ease Momentum Grant Award, so really great for them. Um, our Portland store is still going strong, and I'm super excited about the fact that we may get to federal legalization sometime soon. So I'm sure everybody in the cannabis industry is super excited about it, but that's what's going on for us. Awesome. Great. Yeah, we're definitely looking at uh, this new Congress and what's what's ahead of us. Uh, but Deborah, uh, thanks for being on the show today. Tell us more about what's happening in your world. So it's gotten to be very busy. Uh, one, on the news side, there are a lot of huge deals happening, a lot of big M&A going on. So things are really cranking back up in cannabis fundraising. So that's been uh, a lot of fun to talk about. Of course, all the companies are delivering their earnings. So we're getting to see some real hard numbers as to who's doing well and who's not doing so well. Uh, we are hosting our first virtual event of 2021 next week. It's called the State of Cannabis Banking. And we're following the money from like physical delivery of cash all the way to the end 
where the customer is paying for their product. So we're excited about that. It's February 24th at 2 p.m. Eastern. You can go on our website and uh, pick up the link for that. We'd love for you to register. Awesome. Great. Thanks for sharing that, Deborah. Um, Let's talk about the reason we're here today on this episode. The newly released Gender Parity Report is a partner effort between National Cannabis Industry Association and the ArcView Group, um, which put together this amazing group of individuals across various companies and organizations who we're going to get to know some of them and speak with across this series of about four podcasts, unpacking the various sections of this collection of research on gender parity. Um, Elise, would you like to speak to the overall goals of this paper, which, you know, was this amazing effort and labor amongst so many, so many individuals for, for several weeks or a couple months, actually, is that right? Yeah, um, it, it took a few months. We started back in May uh, 2020, and we all know that 2020 was quite the challenging year uh, for what? many can we reasons. Throw that year away? Can, we, can we start over? Okay. <laughs> and um, so Deb, Christine, and I, uh, we were able to navigate that year little by little and little by little put together this paper where I would say, so to contextualize it a little bit, we're looking at gender parity in the in all of these papers. And so specifically in our paper, looking at equity ownership through a lens of gender parity. Um, and there's a real need in cannabis to get more, get more data out there, but to give you a little bit of an idea of the type of research that we were including in this paper. Um, according to a CARTA study in 2018, for example, out of 15,000 founders, they found that women, female founders, own on average 48 cents to every dollar that male founders own. Um, and so this paper really is attempting to expand the minds of readers of how we can um, all create opportunities for equity. Um, and I would break that into kind of two main audiences. On the one hand, people in position of power to extend those opportunities. So business owners, business executives, investors, and board members um, who are at those tables deciding how to split up equity, right? And then on the other side of that, women and female founders um, who are thinking of starting their own businesses, we wanted to lay out some tools and some lessons learned um, on, on things that they should be thinking about as they get started in cannabis. And I just want to give a special thanks to our collaborators, um, Shanita Penny and Khadija Adams. They were um, wonderful in sharing their professional journeys with us. That's great. Thank you. Um, Deborah or Christine, we've got just a minute or two here before our first commercial break. I wonder if you wanted to add anything uh, about your experience working on this paper or what you hope to achieve uh, with, with getting it out into the world. Sure. I really enjoyed working on the paper, just meeting a lot of women that I did not already know and just getting to spend time with some of the women that I did know. And I think ultimately with our paper, we're focused on the idea that having ownership equals power and 
that is something that's really clear to us when we were when we researched this paper was how unequal that ownership level was and how that ultimately trickles down and affects the power uh, formula as well. Absolutely. Thanks for sharing that. Well, as we head into our first commercial break, I am inspired personally to share an anecdote from my own professional history. Um, in the early to mid 2000s, um, I worked in an office setting with lots of amazing people, very diverse workforce, actually, because we were dealing with foreign languages. And I had a great boss, um, a white male, middle-aged. Um, he was actually very good about supporting the women on his team and promoting them and giving them opportunities to shine. But I do remember this one day, um, my one of my colleagues who was uh, above me, a, a director, made a joke about college classes and women's business classes and things like that. And my supervisor, we'll call him Doug, said, women's business? What about a men's business class? And we all had a hearty chuckle. And then my, my female director friend said, Doug, I think that's called regular business. Anyway, so that was 15, 16, 17 years ago. And we're, although that's kind of funny, I think it's kind of telling and the reason we're talking today. With that, let's take our first commercial break and come back and chat more uh, with Elise, Deborah, and Christine about the gender parity paper. So stay tuned, we'll be right back. And we're talking with Deborah, Christine, and Elise uh, in this series of podcasts, about four of them, talking about the gender parity paper that was an effort between the ArcView group and NCIA and the expertise and, and um, efforts of so many individuals across various companies and organizations. Um, and before we uh, took this last break here, Elise was talking about some of the toolkits and the checklists and, and things like that. And I think, uh, Christine, we wanted to follow up with some of your thoughts here. I think that one of the great things about these gender parity papers, all of them, is that they're being done at a time where we've seen a huge shift and I think that what I would really counsel people or expand on, as Elise asked me to, is that don't take the status quo anymore. Don't say, this is how it's always been done. First of all, the cannabis industry is an industry of revolution. And so whatever's always been done, it's up to us to change that narrative. Mm -hmm. And I think we can see now that things are not going to be done the way they've always been done. And we can see this happening in every sector. You can look at just the GameStop Robin Hood thing and realize we're not going to go back to the way things were. So don't, don't sit in that. Try to find your own pathway. Try to find your own way of making sure that what you're worth, you're being paid. Mm, that was beautifully said. And, and to dovetail, um, you, you also work uh, on NCIA's, you, you, you volunteer with NCIA's diversity, equity, and inclusion committee. So you, you sit on that committee, which is one of NCIA's programs. So far, we've offered over 125 equity scholarship recipients a complimentary one-year membership to NCIA, all the bells and whistles of regular membership. 
uh, all the education networking opportunities and when the world opens back up again as they say after we get more vaccination confidence uh, access to our our, our award-winning trade shows like the Cannabis Business Summit and Expo, um, which currently is scheduled for early August. We're all crossing our fingers, so stay tuned before you book any flights. Um, but Christine, I wanted to I wanted to see if you wanted to share any anything about your experiences um, working with NCIA's DEI committee um, and what's in store for this year ahead. I mean, I've had such a great time. I've been part of DEI since its inaugural year, which was in 2019 or maybe 2020. No, 2019. Um, and we've done so much great work within the NCI organization to really um, make it accessible to folks that are coming into the industry that need exactly the type of help, information, and knowledge that the NCIA offers. And we have some really great programming coming up. Um, over the next couple of months, you can look at our um, our mind our, our mastermind classes, which are specific to topics. You can look at our industry conversations, which are about larger, like how do you do facilities design, how do you do, how do you apply for a license, things that are just a lot of information for people who are just starting in the industry, which a lot of our social equity scholarship recipients are actually doing. So it's been a great experience and I highly recommend it to anybody out there who isn't part of this program yet, please. It is worth all of the effort to sign up for it. Um, and it is free for a year, so take advantage. Right, it's easy. So anyone who has applied for a cannabis operating license in any state that offers uh, an equity program, you're eligible. There's a form on NCIA's website you just fill it out and our DEI program manager uh, will get back to you and get you set up. It's pretty easy, definitely. Thanks for talking about that, Christine. And I do wanna give a shout out to a couple of the sponsors of the DEI program, Tahoe Wellness Center and Copper State Farms. Those companies have stepped up and become DEI program sponsors, which allows us to do even more as an organization, a 501c6 nonprofit trade organization, <laughs> uh, to do more of this kind of work because it's so important. So we have about a minute left. So I just want to share that NCIA has lots of educational resources available in the meantime while we're socially distancing and not going to fun trade shows. Um, the webinar series is every week, our industry essentials, and it ranges from catalyst conversations and other, uh, other just really helpful B2B information for you and your business, as well as an exclusive webinar called the Fireside Chats. This is a behind the scenes webinar with NCIA's lobbyists in Washington, DC, giving you a behind the scenes look at what's happening in, around the Beltway and in Congress. Um, so that webinar series, the Fireside Chat specifically, that's an exclusive NCIA member benefit. So if you're not yet a member of NCIA, head to our website, thecannabisindustry.org and sign up today. As we're ending the show here, thank you again. Thanks to all three of you 
uh, for, for jumping on this podcast and sharing all this with me. Again, uh, find the paper by going to the arcviewgroup.com slash NCIA. And thanks to everybody for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Until next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.